spoke on that. He lurked in the shadows, waiting and hoping she wouldn't take a different room. This was a usual room. He knew that. He knew her. Ghost of Me, the new book by Amanda Steele, can be found at Amazon, Kobo, Waterstones, and many, many other places. Hi guys, it's Andy N. Thanks today for downloading or streaming yet another episode of Spoken Label. As you may or may not be aware, Spoken Label was started in the beginning of 2006, and currently we have well over 150 sessions recorded and sent. Although you can find it on various networks, the full archive is available for streaming and downloading at Spoken Label Full Stop Bandcamp.com. It is a free download or free streaming there. But obviously, if you feel like chucking me a few pennies that way, it'd be eternally grateful to help me keep this podcast going and keep improving my equipment, etc. Enjoy. Speak to you soon. Bye bye. Spoken Hi guys. Andy End, Spoken Label, back in the house again. Back on Zoom again today as well. Now, I've got a writer on Zoom today. I've been having a good matter for about 15 minutes now. And it's this, this little young lady, and I've forgotten who recommended her to me again. This is the trouble sometimes with Spoken Label. People say to me, oh, Andy, you must speak to this writer. And, and then, then they ask me sometimes, who was it? And Amy's going to ask me in a minute who it was, and I can't remember, so no help here. <laughs> but anyway, the lady in question is Amy Tempest, Amy Lee Tempest. Now, Amy, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell them who you are, and obviously where you're living, and where your creativity came from. I originally will start from there. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm a poet based in Burnley. Um, so I've always lived in Burnley. I still live in Burnley. Um, well, the town next to Burnley called Paddyham, but I, it's still classed as Burnley. So here it is, I'm still a Burnley girl. Um, and I only really started doing poetry over the last couple of years. It's not something, you know, I'm, I'm not some sort of like Sylvia Plath person who's been <laughs> writing since five and <laughs> getting published at seven or something ten, ten like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's only a recent thing um, since when I went back to university to study literature and creative writing um, and the reason for poetry was simply because I thought it would be the easiest and the quickest thing to do <laughs> um, and so I just went with that I thought I don't want to read all these difficult plays and, and novels like Dickens and things like that so I, I focused more on the poetry um, in the literature side of it and then when it came to doing my own writing um, I always leave things to the last minute, so I just sort of quickly did a free verse and thought, well, that'll do. Um, but I started getting some like very impressive marks back, some good feedback, and that spurred me on. Uh, validation is always a good thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> for, for a I needy writer like me. <laughs> oh, yeah, completely. Um, Obviously, then it just took off for you, really, didn't it? So. Just, yeah, I just thought I'd go into some open mics. Just um, so I went to UCLan in Preston, and and they did a small open mic thing, and they they had like a writer society that I started going to, um, and I just started doing a few open mics, and then started getting invited places, um, finding out about more open mics, um, and just visiting sort of things locally, um, and then applied. Uh, saw an opportunity through through Lancashire 
Fringe Festival, um, an opportunity for rising talent, very big headed of me there, but I'm like, yeah, I'll be the rising talent. And I got picked. So uh, that was amazing. And it was the first time I got paid to be on stage. Um, oh, and from that, I've had invites to different places and it's just spurred me on, you know, my confidence has grown since. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it's, it's, I can see like you performed at the Lancashire Fringe Festival in 2019, didn't you? What was that about? Like, yeah. What, what did you do there then? Was it a set show or just some pieces you had in mind for it? Oh, it was, it was really, um, I, I didn't actually do, well, I say I didn't do poetry. I didn't do what I normally do if you go to see um, a poetry gig. I didn't do like a, a set of poems. I did something that was a 20 minute long piece called The Russian Doll. It was something that I'd wrote during uh, my creative writing course. And it was, um, I suppose, a poetic monologue. I don't know. I don't know what the hell it is, but I spoke for 20 minutes basically at an audience about my relationship with my body going backwards in time. Mm. So going backwards seven years. And each time I went backwards, I, so I had a Russian doll. And I took a layer off the Russian doll to sort of show that we were going backwards in time until eventually I left, you know, ended on this tiny baby Russian doll. So I did that. So it was quite a big thing to do when I didn't have much experience on my belt. So I was so nervous. I had like it all printed out on sheets and I had it on a music stand because mm. um, I just didn't trust my own brain to remember <laughs> to not like trip me up. I can't do it. Can't memorize anything. No, I'm not even attempting to. You know, there's those that can and want to, and then there's, there's me who's just not even going to attempt to do things like that. Um, but yeah, so I, I suppose that was like one of my first experiences of doing a gig where I was invited there I was supposed to be there <laughs> um, and I had a reason to rehearse and practice and sort of build up my skills in performance I suppose um, so it was with Louise Fazakale a poet who um, I think she's from Wigan and she sort of yeah she hosted that evening um and she had about three of us who had applied and she'd picked three out three out of the applications to sort of give us a stage really and give us that boost and that chance to have an audience um and have a stage cool now also i know since then you've also done a commission piece at the burnley literature festival as well didn't you and um yeah. an experimental poetry exhibition the openings in burnley now, oh, yeah, yeah. go for those two then. I'm interested, interested in the second one particular. This experimental the poetry exhibition, yeah. Yeah, it feels weird seeing um, experimental poetry. That's just me not knowing what the hell it is again. <laughs> I, I, don't, I write things and I don't know what it is, and I should probably have paid more attention in my degree. <laughs> I might be able to give the correct terminology of, of what I'm up to and what I'm doing. But um, I call it an experimental poetry um, thing because, yeah, I don't know what it is. One of my tutors said, oh, this is a fair experimental. So I just went with that. It's experimental. But also because um, I printed it and hung it from sheets of wallpaper um, from a very, very tall ceiling at Burnley Library. Um, so there was around about maybe about 50 long sheets of wallpaper, wow. which I put wood at the top, wood at the bottom, string at the top and hung it from the like fittings to create a paper room 
wow. that the audience then went and sat in. Um, so they were surrounded basically by poetry, not knowing where the start or where the end was. Um, and the poetry itself, it, it was rather than being, um, you know, oh, this is 30 poems. It was about 50 pages of what I'd describe as fragments or moments that I wrote about um, over a series of about maybe three months of my life or no, maybe maybe a month. It was my dissertation, so I was in a rush. Um, <laughs> and I just tried to capture um, what's known as the edge of awareness um, in psychology. Um, a guy called Gendlin, he came up with this theory similar to Freud of, of um, that there's this conscious mind and there's an unconscious mind and there's this hazy space in the middle. Um, and that's the place um, where a lot of our creativity comes from and a lot of our fears and hopes and anxieties and memories and things live in this place but we don't get access to that place unless we sort of uh, allow our minds to wander and daydream so whenever I found my mind wandering and, and daydreaming just doing a mundane task because that's generally when it happens and I noticed like my mind had gone into something that felt like edge of awareness stuff where it was a little bit different I weren't sure what was going to come I'd grab a pen and start writing on the back of an envelope and I would try to do that as quickly as possible so no punctuation um no care for spelling or grammar which I can't do anyway yeah. and just go with whatever came out and it was often quite surprising by the end of it I'd be like all oh, right so that's what I'm thinking about today or that's what's at the back of my mind or um and I just pieced them all together and there's sort of a thread of a narrative that just sort of naturally naturally de developed you know the things that were happening in my life at that time right. um and so I, I i exhibited that as part of a new art weekend i call openings in burnley um and i read not the whole of it because i've actually timed myself reading the whole thing and it takes exactly 50 minutes um which is known as the counselor's hour so i was really impressed by that and i didn't intend that at all um so i didn't read the whole 50 minutes um that would be too much of an ask for an audience yeah. sat on these tiny little chairs in this weird paper room but i read about i read for about 30 minutes um sections of it yeah, just um, and it went really really well yeah i get it but excellent excellent now I also want to talk to you today about is your arts health practice, which is on your website. Tell us a bit more about your yeah. arts health practice, because I've been reading this, and I think it's really interesting, basically. So where did the idea for this come from? Then? Um, well, that was sort of my next step for education for university. I decided to go and do a master's after my degree in mm. arts health. Uh, so that's at UCLan. It's quite an up-and-coming subject, I think, um, and it's a really interesting one. And it is just simply looking at how an art form, any art form, any sort of arts engagement, how that might be able to help any health condition. Um, so you get all kinds of weird and wonderful mashups of those two things, um, and you know, the idea was to come up with a research project. Um, and my idea was to look at how poetry, um, writing and then reading poetry and where you place the breaks and the breath. 
can help people with multiple sclerosis um, manage their levels of stress. Excellent. Um, the idea being that um, if we practice breathing well, that we put more oxygen into our bodies and our bloodstream and that naturally helps reduce stress levels and helps our well-being and just generally feeling good and people with multiple sclerosis um, find that stress is a trigger for their illness so if anybody needs help with breath work it's them but if you were to say um, just sit at home and practice your breathing well that's quite boring um, <laughs> but yeah. if you were to say to somebody read this poem but read it in a certain rhythm then you're doing breath work without even realizing you're doing it oh, yeah, yeah. So I've not completed that I've actually taken a year out um, for personal reasons so I, I'm still in my early days of researching that I'm, I'm dragging all that sort of information together and, and you know the next stage would be to get a group of people and, and test whether it works and, and you know it's, it's such a big project that it's probably going to go on for years and years um, like but yeah. it could be a lifelong project that I want straight away but yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's actually it's massive. The more I look into it, you know, there's lots of stuff like it, but not quite it, where poetry and breath are being used. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot around choirs being used for lung health and breath and mental health, and you know, there's lots of research around it, but not quite it. So it is it's really interesting, um, but it's going to take some doing. And just at this point in my life, uh, things got quite busy with just having to get money, basically having to work. Um, and just do all, yeah, sort of like you know, um, having to get money and, and work life takes over sometimes, doesn't it? So, I've, I've taken a breather myself, so I'm on my year out from university, so I'll be back in September, hopefully, and kicking off with that um, again. But, um, the, the other side of that is uh, just you know, um, trying to do writing workshops for well-being where I can in my own community. Um, so less about breath, less about um, poetry, but just more general. How can we use writing to improve our well-being? Um, so that that's just a, a broad area that I'm, I'm interested in and I read a lot about. And it's, it's a big area, you know, it's already been used in that way. And sort of most writers and poets will tell you that they get some sort of uplift um, to their well-being when they write their thoughts honestly down and, and read it honestly to, to a crowd of people that accept their honest version of yeah, themselves. Um, you know, there's massive benefits from that. So that's something else I'm looking at getting more into in future. Now, obviously, um, it's hard to predict the modern way. So obviously, for reasons we're not going to go into here, where society is at the minute, you would have to say what you've got planned next and stuff. But do you have any sort of ideas where you'd like your work to go next? In an ideal situation, I'm not really a planner. Thing I always feel like things just happen to me, and I just arrive there, and it's an accident. But obviously, there is some there's some sort yeah. of loose plan in the background. I generally follow what feels good, what feels good at the time, and, and what feels good to me at the moment is I love writing. I am enjoying writing. Um, I love reading in front of an audience, so I want more of that. Hopefully, that's that's something I'm going to be looking out for. Um, because I enjoy it but um, I am sort of getting the nagging feeling it's like I, I don't I don't write every day I don't write every week um, it's very sort of sporadic um, but I usually feel like a little bit of a build-up happening where I, I sort of get a bit excited thinking I don't know what I'm going to write but I've got something I've yeah, got just, something you brewing. Know, don't you sometimes don't you? Yeah and I'm, I'm in that I'm, right now I'm in that excited 
uh, sort of phase of like I'm not quite ready to put pen to paper seriously yet um, but I'm wanting to um, rather than just what I call sort of like I always call them my throwaway poems, ones that I write really fast and they're, they're mostly just for entertainment or they're mostly for just getting something off my chest that might be fun to read out sometime. But I'm wanting to, I think I want to spend some more time doing a full big piece again, like the wallpaper I was telling you about. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, and really get into it and really go down the rabbit hole and just see what comes from that and sort of you know if that involves going to a more darker space than what I would normally read out to an audience then that's kind of what I'm looking forward to at the minute and um, even though we're not going to talk about what's going on in the world at the moment I do think <laughs> this sort of weird incubation period that I am in is giving me a lot of self-reflective time it's allowing me to go down different paths in my brain that maybe I would avoid going down um, basically, I'm doing my own head in at home and I'm going to write about it at some point. I, 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 that's what I want to do. Focus on writing and maybe a little bit of the performance side as well. Yeah, same for me at the moment. Because like, I'm going to be off work for some, quite some time now. I'm self-housebound. And I'm finding yeah. kind of ways to keep stuff going, isn't it? Where it's like, I think you're right. You're saying you're looking at things in different ways, perhaps you wouldn't look at it in a different previous and normal situation. And my philosophy is embrace it. <laughs> Go yeah. I see what happens definitely with that. So yeah, I'm kind of looking for because I think one of the things that I've noticed um, or I have noticed in myself is in the first couple of weeks this urge to try and keep things light and positive and everything's hmm. fine. We'll get through this. And you know, I actually wrote a poem to you know just entertain and keep it light and just you know keep everybody's spirits up. But now I'm really interested to see if this goes on much longer, um, what we drop down into, um, what us writers, but not just us writers, what people find themselves thinking about when they're at home on their own and, you know, what, what will happen then if, if we um, stop putting pressure on ourselves to keep going, keep being positive, keep being productive. What happens if we actually learn to just sit with ourselves with a, an empty sheet of paper and a pen what will come out and I suppose I'm just really like interested to see what comes out of me but also what comes out of other poets not yeah. so much now but I want to see what people come up with in a couple of months when we've had time to drop down into a different level of feeling yeah I agree I, I think there's that. a lot of creative creative people I think that writers are going to be changing a lot in the next couple of months and it, they've yeah. made the next couple of months so the second half this year see what people start producing and stuff in longer works. Because like I've got a few yeah. people and they go like you in months, I'm not talking not to talk about it here. But and they're different to what I've done before. So it's gonna be interesting to see yeah. what it goes. Because obviously I think we're gonna be in the situation probably until June at the minimum. And let's see what happens. So yeah, anyway, yeah. if people want to find out more about you, where are the best going? Um, well, I have a website, as you mentioned, uh, that was really hurriedly put together. <laughs> <laughs> Surely not. Complete with spelling mistakes. As some... <laughs> yeah, um, if anybody like listening <laughs> feels like doing a free spell check for me, because I keep getting messages of like bots <laughs> that go onto my Wix webpage going, do you know you can't spell and do you want to pay me to make your website better? <laughs> and I'm like... I don't need to know I can't spell again. I, I'm already aware of that. But yeah, I try. I try to put everything about me 
in one place in our website because I am trying to do as much freelance work as possible. Mm. Uh, so that involves sort of putting yourself out there, doesn't it? So I suppose people can go to our website, but mostly um, I'm always on Facebook. I'm always on Facebook. <laughs> so Facebook, if you want to find out, um, you know, if I'm doing any gigs or what sort of new writing I'm doing, then I do have um, a page on Facebook that, people, you know, I, I try to keep. Um, with my latest stuff on there, um, Twitter I don't bother with, so yeah, just Facebook. <laughs> we should understand about it. Brilliant. I don't, I don't, I've tried Twitter, I don't get it. I don't have any friends on there for a start, so. <laughs> yeah, no. it's, um, it's a funny thing because it's too busy and noisy for me. Yeah, a partner Amanda, who, who people won't know is Amy. Amy trusted you briefly before. She's actually doing it, in, and it's, this is going live before this goes live. She's doing a live Twitter feed on Thursday afternoon on Earth. Yeah. Myself and that. I'm going to be asking loads of questions, and I'm thinking, I don't, I'm not sure about this either. But it's going to be an experience. And as writers and artists, it's good yeah. experiences, I always say. Absolutely, yeah. And we're getting, we, you know, we're going to get more comfortable with technology and putting our work out there in, in, in um, you know, maybe less than um an open mic where you might get 20 people there and half yeah. of them your mates and family <laughs> um yeah, putting so. things online where anybody can stumble across this you know we're gonna have to get comfortable with that aren't we oh we don't yeah. have to we could wait it out um but there's the options there isn't there but, yeah, I'd give yourself a good hour to get used to Twitter allow you because it's, it's a busy place it's a busy place with lots of people shouting and talking at once. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why, yeah, I'm, I'm used to like quietness and silence, and it's not always not as possible when <laughs> you're doing podcasts, certainly. So, yeah. well, thank you for the, the, the chat today, Amy. I'm going to pause the recording now, let you get yourself ready, and we'll do a couple of poems here in a moment. So, thank you again, and everybody hang around because I'm looking forward to seeing what Amy does next for us. Okay, I'll see you all in a minute. Spoke Hi guys, still here with Amy. Amy's going to do four pieces for us now. Amy, as a favour, can you, obviously you're saying you treat yourself, not Mike, treat on a flipper gig, weren't you? So can you introduce each piece for me? So I'll make sure I know what the piece is called. <laughs> and if there's yeah. anything else you want to say about them. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll just um, give a little bit of context and the title to each poem. Um, so the first one, uh, so these poems have been picked um, not completely randomly, but um, they've got no sort of tying theme or anything. Um, the first one is called Slaughterhouse 4. Um, and just a little bit of context of where this poem came from. Um, I went to see my son play football in a town called Colm, which is sort of the town next to Burnley. And there was just this awful smell in the air. And I said to my mom, I was like, what is that smell? And she said, um, it's the local slaughterhouse. So they have a slaughterhouse in Colm. Um, and that took my mind right back to when I was little. And my dad worked in a skin yard, Skinner's yard, something like that. Um, and yeah, so all, all, the, all the bad smells. <laughs> so anyway, this poem is what came out of it. Um, I'll read it now for you. It's called Slaughterhouse War. He worked in a slaughterhouse, my dad, where metal meets and mangles the bodies as they dangle face down on a sharpened hook and pig's blood floods right there where he stood. It drips down the drains and slicks over a steel-covered foot that taps out on concrete the seconds left till he could clock off. 
and walk into the daylight, back to his home life, to place a pie in the hands of his child and say, you can't beat a bit of meat for supper. But I wouldn't eat it after seeing its insides all grey matter and soggy bottomed and the way it was fed its fat back through a hole pierced in the top with more metal. Hot fat running back to the flesh it was strained from. Its own flesh, its own fat. I watched all that at the factory shop. Watched my dad take the first bite. Its insides falling through his grateful giddy mouth cause workers got themselves a good discount, he said. I often wondered how he could stomach it. That smell, that sight, that night shift done, that night shift done under fluorescent light strips. How could he stomach it? How he could produce it, pay for, then swallow it like a smiling goose getting fattened up for someone else's foie gras whilst being treated as though it was as thick as pig shit. Fat fox, fat greedy factory owning fox. But now, when I'm placing food in my own child's hands, I go, yeah, dad, I get it. All that was for me, wasn't it? It's hard to stomach a low wage and harder yet, no wage at all. And in our small world of four, a few pennies more than minimum wage must have felt like you were a king feasting on the fruits of your own factory labour. And that's probably why the humble pie is the fanciest of all foods for me. Wow. So that's that one. I should maybe have warned you about the swearing. <laughs> oh, about that. Um, um, I, I've got one podcast coming up shortly, and I'm not naming who. And that person really caught me out with the swearing. <laughs> so all they have to do is, yeah, it wasn't a problem. Not a problem. I don't censor anything. But what I will do have to do, is, and I'll, I'll tell everybody that my language or adult content, I have to put a disclaimer at the top of the podcast. Because it's going to go on to Netflix, good anchor, and I have to tick the box saying, potentially yeah. <laughs> oh god yeah it's weird isn't it because you can just go down the street and just hear all the swear words in the world and you've got no sort of choice over that have you um but yeah the rest don't have swearing like that <laughs> the rest are fine don't worry um, it's surprising what you get from censorship on the internet really because amanda hit a problem with blood on one of the front covers one of her old books on amazon <laughs> because she had a lot of trouble with that she did she'll tell you about that herself sometime so yeah, yeah. What what people were offended? Uh no, Amazon, Amazon themselves. Amazon's offended. You don't want to offend Amazon, do you? They're quite a big deal. <laughs> exactly. You don't take them to war. You lose most of you'll lose. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, over to you for number two. Yeah, so the next one. Um this one is called the tent, and I picked it because um my mind today I've been thinking about um, you know, what am I going to do when I get out of isolation? And I'm still dreaming of festivals. I'm still hoping that the last of summer might be some good festivals. So I picked this one out just simply because it's about a tent. The tent. We could camp in the heart of Gisborne Forest and with just acrylic sheaf and your arms to shelter me, I'd listen to the branches in the breezes bending softly and think how strange it is that it sounds just like the sea yet we are so far from it. You said you knew a little spot on the beach, a cove where nobody would notice if our private dome hid us away from the rocks, right there on the shore. I said our dome would tour the festivals, beat herder, cloud spotting, 
festival and more. I'd cover the floor with a Persian rug to protect it, I said, from spilt cider and trodden straw, and hang a spinning mirror ball from the center because it's tall enough to stand up in and dance. It sleeps for this dorm of ours, but I reckon we could party more. And there's even a sewn inside pocket to store spare smoke, coke, and guy ropes. There's one room for each of us if we were to argue, you joked. But we wouldn't do that, would we? The tent sits in a cupboard, covered in dust, waiting for all of this to unfold, waiting just like us. Ooh. Yeah, that is, that is Ooh, a, a relationship that didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> like changing tone there and tempo. Excellent. I like, I like the end of the map. But it's always, I, yeah. think, I always find as writers, it's always good if you like try and write in different styles all the time, don't you? I'm not talking about like doing digital poetry for me. The topics you write about, you can easily fall into a rut, can't you? As a writer, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good choice. A good choice that one for a different tone to your first piece. So, what's your third piece? Oh, the third one, yeah. it's a short one. Oh. Um, I think it's about another failed relationship, you know. <laughs> it tends to be a running theme in my life and therefore poetry. Um, but I picked it because, um, well, it's called Lungs and it take, takes on a slightly different meaning reading it in this current pandemic because lungs are well important, aren't they? And so is breath. <laughs> um, so I'll start. It's called Lungs. I just want to lie next to you and not talk or touch or anything much except to slow my breath, slide it in between yours and hear us share the same air before surrendering to sleep. I'll dream of raging waves and death by drowning but wake knowing that we both still exist despite all of this chaos. If nothing else, our lungs still work perfectly well together, don't you think, sweetheart? Oh wow! What's that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's almost almost romantic that one, isn't it? So yeah, I, know, I, I can be romantic sometimes, oh, um, and yeah, it sometimes comes out in poetry. Yeah, I, I do that for Amanda sometimes. I'm, we we co-wrote Love Book together we did last year, and we, what we did was and, and it's not for everyone knows, but it's, it's we we called it Run Away with Me in Seven Words. And she wrote uh, off, she wrote off a world a one-off seven-word short poem, and somebody sat here next to you, talking to you decided to make it as a joke, and <laughs> I wrote her a jokey response, and it kind of took off from there. So, but you do it. Yeah. Projects sometimes just go and go the way you're not expecting. Sometimes that's why. Yeah, it's that must be so nice having another writer to bounce bounce that off as well and do projects together. It does. That is like that. Height of romance for a writer, isn't it? It's like that absolute god tier aim of, it, of to be with another writer. <laughs> it's just so surprising the amount of things we've got involved in with projects all the time. So, but hang up, that's the way it goes. <laughs> so, uh, right, Amy, it's a big standing conclusion now, isn't it? Yeah, so this um, is the most recent poem that I have written. I, writ I, I, I wrote it um, last week and it's called The Things I Didn't Do During COVID-19. Two ukuleles and I haven't played once. 
new yoga pants unworn no morning salutations done or an evening meditation none and i only brushed my teeth once yesterday <laughs> running shoes tightly laced up but minus my feet records still out of their sleeve since christmas eve when she gave me my present early a puppy that still doesn't know how to shake a paw and i still only know three chords on guitar dance lessons on youtube i signed up to but i'm still yet to move a perfect souffle that never rose but never mind i never mixed the damn thing in the first place windows that are still streaked bread left unneeded unbaked but let's let's be honest bread's better pre-sliced anyway what are you all doing baking bread for a house party app downloaded but with no new added contacts a hundred books piled up their dust covers undisturbed their pages remain untouched home all day and i still forget to take that one single multivitamin pill a business i've got that's still only half set up a new and empty notebook a rosebush left unpruned pressing closer to the glass grass still as rough as moorland two full milk bottles stand on the doorstep that i overset on my way out for my one daily walk around eerily empty streets email invites received but i didn't sign up to in time new people that i didn't get to meet online musicians that i didn't watch live lines of poetry i thought but i didn't write and the cyber club on a saturday night i got a notification for but still forgot to attend no convincing out spiral of moral outrage expressed over the state of things today no prayers no wishes shared no meme of a candle flickering for the dead of which i lost count of days ago clothing that still needs ironing underwear that's still hanging from the chair my hair is still not cut and curled the way i'd really like it to be all this time in quarantine and i still spend it dreaming of all the different versions of me that I could be if I only had a little bit more time. See, some of us are dreamers, baby. Yes, some of us like to just spaff it up the wall. And if that's all right with me, well, then that's going to have to be all right. Fantastic. That's got really. That's that one. Yeah, it's really vivid, that piece, mate. So, so I, can see, I can see the way your brain is thinking, you've thrown all that out. Did that, obviously, I don't want to give too much tricks of the trade away. But did that piece come quite quickly on speed side, did it? Or did, it take, did that take some plotting out? No, that, that took minutes um, to get down on my laptop. Um, start, it just started from um, ju just a joke that I had with somebody on Facebook saying, I haven't worn my new yoga pants yet, something like that. And just all this sort of, um, you know, Facebook is a place that seems to be. Um, where people almost police you to be positive and productive. And if you're not being positive and productive, then you don't really have a place on Facebook, do you? <laughs> and people don't like it. Yeah, you get you get kicked off if you if you if you if you have an opinion that doesn't fit in or if you have a little whinge or a whine or a moan. Um, so I suppose I sort of succumbed to that and I just wrote it. Um, when I was feeling like I wanted to keep people's spirits up and it just sort of fell off the pen really and then I just did a little bit of shifting the lines around to sort of make the rhythm a little bit easier to to speak yeah. out loud yeah. and that and it was pretty much done. Fantastic I really enjoyed that so thank you again for this today Amy I need a quick word of off mic but this is Andy N.
Thank you again today. I'm going to sign out. See you all soon, guys. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to another session of the Spoken Label. Our full archive can be found over on Bandcamp at Spoken Label. That's one word. Spoken Label. Full stop. Bandcamp.com. And there is over 150 sessions there. So I'm sure that if you've enjoyed this session, there'll be something else there you can enjoy as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Spoken later.